0: Back to Mike and Maurice's mind escape. Let us help you escape your mind. folks, welcome back to Mike and Mind Escape. We have episode number 127 today. Uh, We have guest Sean Cahill on. Um, You might have known Sean from Unidentified, his story being portrayed on there. Uh, He was involved with the uh, USS Nemitz Tic Tac incident. And uh, he's a retired uh, chief naval officer, uh, petty officer, excuse me. And um, we're glad to have him on the show. What's going on?
1: How are you guys doing tonight? It's really a pleasure to be
0: here. It's a pleasure to have you on. Um, obviously, with the recent uh, upswirl and events, and it's amazing how just one, uh, you know, the independent narrative, even though this has been out for a while, then you have the Pentagon just coming out and saying, yeah, they're real. And then all of a sudden, it's it's right back at the top.
1: It can really feel like a sucker punch to a lot of folks who don't pay attention to the subject, I think.
0: Um do you think it got more airtime this time around than it did the first time?
1: Uh, I feel like the the whole the whole idea of it really penetrated into the the public uh, more than it really has. I, I feel like it's something that just it just resonated across the the mainstream media in a way that I've never seen before.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I um, it was weird. We did an episode literally the day before all that came out with Matt Tiller, and I was just saying like. It's been all quiet It's on the, uh, the Western front with all the, the UFO, UFO. Yeah. It's just, I was just, yeah. like, and then literally the next day it's like, now I kind of sound like a blabbering idiot that was like, why haven't we heard, you know? So, um, but... it can get a
1: little tough in, uh, in, you know, in the Twitter sphere and stuff because, um, everybody wants constant, constant traction and constant movement on the subject. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. it can feel like there are lulls here and there that can, they can seemingly get depressing for the dopamine crew. Sure. So,
0: Well, yeah, you have, there's, you know, UFO Twitter, which is awesome. I love UFO Twitter, but you know, there's certain people hanging on every, you know, word of everything. And I think that, you know, if you're doing that, you could, you're like, you're saying that that dopamine drip just doesn't go your way sometimes. So, right. Yeah. And we all,
1: some people have ideas of transparency that don't really match what they're supposed to represent. You know, they think transparency is a open open demand for information at, at all avenues and you know, business doesn't work quite like that either, I think. Right. So
0: So before we get into all this interesting stuff and we can talk about different narratives and different things, but I wanna um, why don't you give people just a little bit of your background and just the basic kind of bones of the, the tic tac story from your point of view?
1: Sure. Um, The reason we're here today, frankly, is because I was uh, the conning officer and junior officer of the deck uh, the evening in question, uh, one of the evenings in question that we encountered the tic-tac off the coast of uh, Southern California and Baja, Mexico, while I was on board the USS Princeton in 2004. Um, I was stationed on board as the chief master at arms from July 2004 until approximately uh, July 2007. And that, um, that duty detail or entailed, um, I was basically the sheriff for the ship. It's the easiest way to put it. I was in charge of law enforcement, anti-terrorism, um, investigations, and I aided the executive officer in enforcing good order and discipline among the crew. So, um, the evening in question was actually, it would have been unusual for someone in my position to be on the bridge as the law enforcement officer to stand watch up there. It wasn't required. It was something I was doing, um, kind of as extra credit to try to get um you know getting good graces at a new command that i was at and, and try to shine um when i arrived there i was told pretty pragmatically by my command master chief that i had to work a little bit harder since i didn't i didn't put missiles on target and i wasn't part of the main ship's mission so i had to shine a little bit higher than some of the other chiefs on board but um so we i was uh i was up on the bridge during the incident uh during different watches and had a chance to communicate directly with Kevin day as a, he was a senior chief petty officer at the time. And chief petty officers are, um, are, are a different breed separate from, uh, the junior enlisted and from the, the line officers or, or the, uh, the officers upstairs, as we say. Um, it's a, it's a position that doesn't really exist in any of our other services. It's something that's earned in a different way. you it's pure selection. Um, we're a very small cadre that's chosen from the first class petty officers. And, um, we go through an initiation or I, during the time that I, uh, made it, we went through an initiation process. And so, um, very much like a, uh, I think like a hardcore fraternity might be as far as, uh, how close we all were and and what we could get done together. Um, so, the way that Kevin and I were communicating was was just via telephone. He was down in the Combat Information Center, a few decks below, and I was up on the bridge. And he was just giving me some vague directions to turn the ship, keep my eyes out for air contacts, and things like that. And he was giving me certain bearings and vectors to follow. And we were corroborating the information off of the uh, the radar that we had on board up there on the bridge, <clears throat> um, which was just maritime radar and some some basic. Uh, local air search. And and that wasn't my thing. So I, I won't get too into like radar systems. Not, I just don't remember that stuff anymore. Right. But, um, but I was kind of giving Kevin a hard time on the phone here and there. I was like, what are you, what are we doing? And he's like, just, you know, we're just looking for contacts. We, we had, we were in the middle of, um, what we call workups, which are essentially war games. And we were in the, the hot area. So we were, we were, we were in a box that night doing some, as from my standpoint, some really boring stuff. So I, you know, I was doing my job the best of my ability, but it was, it, we were playing make-believe with other, with other aircraft and, and things like that. And it just wasn't something that was big on my plate that night. Yeah. So Kevin was providing a nice distraction from some of that stuff. Um, so I had my lookouts looking. And uh, on the main night in question, um, I was out on the port side wing, And we had the ship on the vector that Kevin had asked us to. And about 45 degrees up above the horizon and I, I, now I've it's it's almost it's almost wrote the way that I explain it because my hand goes up at about five to seven points in the sky were up there and they just rotated all in a different track at a different speed some winked out earlier than others and they just they they moved in a way that I'd never seen anything move and I'd I'd always been a somebody who was looking up at the sky whether I it was because of astronomy or because i was looking for aliens as a child or you know something silly like that or Mm -hmm. just dreaming i was always looking at the sky so and then as a as someone who stood watch on the bridge of a warship for numerous nights at sea um and had learned to begin begun to learn to navigate and things like that the sky is an incredibly familiar place so um i i say all that because a lot of people say well it could have been this and could it have been that and Certainly, it could have been a number of things, but it was something unlike anything that I'd ever seen before.
0: Hmm. Yeah, so how, and how does that work? So we had one of our other buddies, um, Lee Adams, on who he was on the Nemitz the USS Nemitz for three years, but mm-hmm. it was after all that stuff happened. Okay. Uh, but he was just giving us kind of like the rundown, how that stuff works, how do, do people talk about that kind of stuff. Well, oh, he had an experience, didn't he? He, he had a, a separate experience mm-hmm. in Virginia when he was stationed there, but... Um, yeah, oh, okay, but but w- back to to so there's the USS Princeton and that's the one you were yeah. on. Correct Then there's the USS correct. Nemets and then is there another one too, or is it just those two? <coughs> Excuse me.
1: Um I don't recall completely who was in company with us, but the main uh, Players there were the USS Princeton Uh, we're uh, cg-59 uh, was our uh, hull designation. We were a guided missile cruiser ticonderoga mm-hmm. class uh, we carried uh tomahawk land attack missiles we had five inch guns on the front and we were able to provide surface support and air support if we had a helo embarked for uh, other units but our main job there was what we called shotgun for the uss nimitz um we were we were air defense commander for the entire area but we were there to look out for nimitz um and we would we were in company with her at all times that she was doing flight ops um so I have to assume, based on everything I just said, jogging my memory, that the the John Paul Jones uh, might have been with us. Um, there were some other submarines in the area. There were other vessels in the area. I just can't remember exactly who they were, and those were vessels that were usually with us in company. Hmm. Um, but uh, so please continue, continue. So, so, uh,
0: uh, no, oh. I was just gonna. So my next question was gonna be: So how did this affect you? Was it like one of those moments where when you see something? and your mind's trying to catch up with the fact that it's really happening or it's real. Like, you know, it's like almost like not shock, but it's this, like, you know, you get the goosebumps or the goose pimples. People say yeah. different things, whatever, but uh, you get that feeling rushed through your body and you get, like I said, your, your mind's just trying to catch up with what's happening. Was it like that or was it more calm or what What it, what was going on?
1: I, I really didn't know what the hell I had seen. Um, and it was really, it was, it was weird and I kind of compartmentalized it at the time. And it wasn't until the next morning that, um, that I spoke to Kevin and a couple of other people down in the chief's mess. And then went back and watched the video that I really started to think, what the hell were we looking at up there? Right. Um, at, at that time in my life, I had actually kind of just reached the, the, the apogee of a life of being interested in all this stuff and kind of declared it all bullshit, mm. to be honest. You know, I had—I I had, was—I was a young man starting a family. I was a professional in the military who had a bright future, and I wasn't somebody who um, who thought the Harry Potter movies were great for the kids at the time. I wasn't religious or anything, but I thought uh, I was one of those people who was like, "Man, just pay attention to what's real and, and get the job done." And um, so, I actually during that time during those workups, um, we were testing. I can't remember the design the designation of the uh of the the craft anymore but we were testing a scramjet out of um I want to say out of White Sands or Nellis or Vandenberg something north of us I knew that from um from reading Popular Science or Popular Mechanics or following um you know some DARPA newsletter kind of things I think actually I was reading the Daily Grail back then I was a big fan mm-hmm. of the Daily Grail okay. and I-, I think actually it kept me uh, kept me entertained on many deployments um but I knew that was in the area, and so I was ex- a little extra vigilant um, personally, just because I was a nerd and I was wondering if we were anywhere near the uh, the the basket where I was going to land, or if we if we might end up being involved in recovering it or anything mm-hmm. um and not not to muddy the waters but some people who who aren't that creative immediately draw a correlation and say what well, do you think that's what you could have seen no the flight characteristics are completely different there's just nothing about the scramjet that was tested at that time i think it was x37b maybe i'm not sure but uh, there was nothing about it that, that correlates to to what commander Fravor and the and others uh, observed
0: so even though you're around this stuff all the time you see the jets you see the f18s you see you know all the things the newest technology and I, i'm sure like you said maybe once in a while you get to see a special treat or the unveiling of something sure. or so but this was just completely out of the realm of those things like it was noticeably different is what you're saying
1: absolutely absolutely it would have been the equivalent of me like the only The only thing at the time, besides exotic technology, that I I thought it could have been, especially after seeing the video uh, the following morning, which I'll tell you how that went in a minute. But um, the only thing logically I could think was that if I was looking linearly down the track of a bolide that broke up in the atmosphere and somehow all had the weirdest coincidence that they all tumbled in the atmosphere in a circular fashion <laughs> you know it was right right it was really it was just weird it was like almost like i'd watched a patch of a video game in real life happen um
0: maybe you did <laughs> yeah we <well>, yeah
1: <laughs> yes a couple of a couple of people have brought that up before um that, that's a good good metaphor um the, the next morning was was when when it really my eyebrows really went up um I, got, I was sitting at breakfast and Kevin was there and he just had this gigantic grin on his face. I'll never forget it. He's a real charming guy with a big laugh. And, um, and his, his uh, compadre at the time uh, was a real gruff gentleman, just a real real salty SOB. And uh, when I sat down to talk to Kevin, asking, you know, what do you got us chasing up there on the bridge? What's going on? Kevin's got the big smile because he knows there's video. And right. he knows, he has, he has a clue that what we're looking at is something unusual. I mean, he's, he's already got a, a good idea. Um, he's got a lot more info than I've got at the time. And, um, his buddy says, uh, the other radar senior chief says, you know, go check your freaking email, just shut up and go in the back. And he wouldn't tell me anything. So I, I went in the back and a couple of guys gathered around behind me. They were waiting to see my expression and everything. And, um, I pulled up the email from, uh, our department head. And went through all of the uh, the chain of emails that had gone back and forth between our operations wow. officer and the folks over on Nimitz trying to figure out what these tracks were. And uh, the conversation was just really interesting. Things popping in at, at high altitudes and then seemingly seeming to translate down to the hard deck, uh, you know, right above the water. Mm-hmm and just doing stuff that nobody could figure out and so they were already throwing out all the possibilities you can think. I mean, these are these are warfighters and scientists at heart, you know, they want to find out what's going on. They're investigators at heart. And so they're they're coming up with everything you can think from birds to temperature variations to problems with the radar and and they from what I understand they sent the techs scrambling trying to fix these things. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's just not the case of what it was. Obviously, now we know we vectored um, aircraft out there and put eyes and cameras on the stuff. Not to mention the the Hawkeye crews coming forward. But um, yeah. I knew immediately that what I was looking at was not, Was like nothing that was in, within our arsenal. And a lot of things shifted in my head at that moment.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, it's the whole thing's fascinating, and to have all these different corroborating you know, I miss accounts and then pilot accounts and radar Incredible people. too. Yeah. The whole thing just, you know, it's, and that's what, um, and that's what I find interesting with this whole, like Mick West stuff and like Michael Shermer and these like professional skeptics by trade. And it's, I think we need skeptics. I'm a skeptical person. And I just think that there's different levels of skepticism. Um, and I think that when you're making a living off of it or drawing people to a page or, you know, you're specifically writing about these things, Uh, I think it becomes problematic in the sense that you're not really after truth for yourself. You're just out to prove something. Uh, And if you're looking for anything like that, you can find different ways to, um, you know, validate that. But um, I guess my whole point was, is everybody I know, we've got a lot of Maurice and I family members that have been in service and thank you for your service, by the way. Um, My pleasure. And um, they're the most pragmatic people there are that I know for the like skeptical too um they've yeah. seen a lot of stuff that most people haven't seen yeah bombs um, guns all kinds of yeah stuff. war people you know losing right. their lives and having to take a life and then also seeing weird things in the sky and I'm sure when things are getting real you know we had we had cousins in Desert Storm and you know there's weird things happening at night and um yeah. but uh, with all that going on I guess my point is is if Mick West doesn't believe pilot accounts or military you know personnel accounts then who is he going to believe it until he actually does he have to see it himself or you know something along those right, lines right right
1: yeah it it's <clears throat> it's hard to stick with if you have if you don't have something nice don't say anything at all but it it's at a point now where i wish mick would put it down cuz it just seems like he's monetized the argument and and not the search for truth hmm. so i'm i'm just not interested in that the idea that it's birds is
0: is Singles. asinine yeah. it's
1: facile it's it's unimaginative and it's narcissistic well, what's his
0: thing now is it like a super blurred plane engine is that-
1: i gotta be honest with you I, I don't know what mick west thing is right now because a lot of these cats out there that don't that play the same song on the same record over and over again with no new results you know just biting at details right um i yeah. don't devote a lot of my time to it but i mean I'm a meditator, I'm a filmmaker, I'm a photographer. Um, I, I don't have I don't have anything I've produced yet. I, I keep thinking about producing something utilizing the last year and a half to two years worth of sitting on my cushion on my deck with uh, a cannon taking pictures of all the military calm air and on all the other aircraft around me because I wanted to be able to speak on this when I when I this time came. you know I met Lou a couple of years ago and mm-hmm. um, we we didn't just meet and film a TV show and then, and then part ways. I mean, we were, we, we social distanced at our barbecue this weekend, you know, we, we have work to do in the future together. Sure. And, um, and this work doesn't, doesn't happen all in a, it doesn't happen in a vacuum and it doesn't happen as one nuke, you know, uh, it doesn't just go off and, and you survey the damage and let everybody pick everything up. Um, so sorry, I lost my train of thought a little bit there.
0: Oh, no, you're, you're um, talk- uh,
1: we're well. We're talking yeah. about we're ta- Yeah, the there, there's this is not. If I've learned anything in the last couple of years, the phenomenon is not one thing. Um, everyone wants to come at it kind of like a, a kid in in the middle school, just raising their hand, going, "Ooh, ooh, ooh I know what it is. I think it's this thing." Do you think it's you know? Do you think it was Starlink? Everybody has their pet theory, or they have their their little Lego block that fit, that completes their cognitive dissonance for them. Mm-hmm. And it's not that easy. The data doesn't reflect anything that simple, right. and the data certainly doesn't doesn't reflect the the level of money put into it, the level of of professional uh, dedication to it, for us to say that this is birds,
0: mm-hmm. you know. Well, I mean, it's it's that again, and it's all these different if it was just one person's quick glimpse or, you know, something like that. OK, chalk it up to whatever. But it's all these different things, you know, coming together to, to paint this picture of what actually happened. And everybody's kind of saying the same thing. Everybody's got the same kind of take on it. So um, it's interesting. But that 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 brings me to the conversation I want to have with you, which is like the philosophy of UFOs and how we talk about these things, how we should be talking about these things. Um, yeah. As you mentioned, it's, it, it, it kind of covers like a whole, um, a, a broad band of, of, or a range, I guess, of topics even within this main topic. But, um, so let's look at the epistemology of the situation, which is wh- how do we know what we know or what do we know for sure. And that would be the government has put a lot of time yeah. and effort into it and spent a lot of money on it. Uh, People have been seeing things since we're conscious of what that could even be and um, people still see things. Um, And then just the weirdness surrounding it, the consciousness aspects that, that, you know, from abductions, maybe that could be correlated to, you know, sleep paralysis we've talked about and different things. So there's all these different things at at play here, but uh, so what's your take on it? When you talk to somebody that's never, discuss this or maybe they're new to it as you said in the beginning of the episode this is kind of a game changer for some people or a paradigm shift what would your what would your first conversation with be you know with somebody about about this topic
1: i used to be somebody that thought that you could um that there was the right combination of facts and uh timelines and a, and a means of delivery that you could that you could put this into a concise package to help um help people start to understand it and, um, I've gotten I'm a lot less optimistic than I used to be about there being a kind of panacea of understanding for this. Um, there, there really does seem to be some kind of cognitive block inherent in humanity when it comes to some of these ideas and what they touch upon, um, especially when it comes to ideas of self, um, anything that anything that you know that flicks the ego. Mm-hmm. Um, and people that have never, have, that have never experienced um, non-duality in any sense, it's horrifying. Um, I've been really shocked over the last couple of years that um, cracking what I feel are some of the bigger ideas, a la Jacques Vallée, uh, et cetera, some of the more deeper
0: mm-hmm.
1: Jungian, Jungian archetypal pieces of this that I think are really
0: important. Passport to begonia. Um,
1: yeah, there's, there's, there's so much to be said for, for the weirder aspects of this, the the ones that aren't just seemingly nuts and bolts and easily measured aftermaths or, or things like that. Um, and when, you know, the, the amount of people who, who have an, who have even heard of sleep paralysis, um, let alone people who, who actually try to, um, induce it in themselves mm-hmm. or, who or, or might, um, or comfortable with ideas of NDE or, or OBE. And, um, you know, it, that's where we hit that, that blurry line with the woo woo, because, mm-hmm. and, and and we have to, we have to, we have to recognize that. And as a community of people who want to get to the truth, we have to talk about it, that we can't really, the, the, the dreamy, um, spiritual aspect of this is best left for personal practice, I think. Sure. Um, but,
0: but the sleep paralysis just I, so people just I want to get my my thing out there I don't even think even if sleep paralysis is correlated with abductions that still does not rule out any sort of interdimensional sightings. aspect or metaphysical right, aspect right. of it so I just want to be clear yeah. on that I'm not saying anybody that's had an abduction experience is there's nothing to it I'm just saying that right, right, the yeah, physical yeah. mechanism could be some way correlated to sleep paralysis which would be right, an altered the, state
1: on the one hand, I don't want it to. I'm. I would never. I would never say someone's experience did not occur because an anecdotal experience is just that. I. I um, until we're sharing the same memories and free, you know and all that stuff, we can never know exactly. Right. But um, at the same time, let me put it this way: to to be more blunt, I've experienced what I'm pretty sure were was lucid dreams and um, and some pretty um, you know benign uh dreamscape and I've experienced some things that I think are more closely related to what we're talking about today in regards to a phenomenon of some kind of exterior yeah force or um or influence. So as as an investigator that's to have it be personal like that meant for me to dive into every aspect of this. So back to your original point, I think that unfortunately it's it's a word I'm not familiar or I'm not I'm not comfortable saying, but it's indoctrination is unfortunately what I, what I think is going to be needed because there is no easy introduction to what some of the larger ideas and meanings behind some of these things are. And I've seen, I, have messed a couple people's heads up. Mm. Um, and in one case it was involuntary on my point because I thought I was having a different conversation. So I was a little bit more, um, liberal with my speculation into what i thought and um just based on the folks i've ran with for the past couple of years my opinion really affected that other person they kind of i don't want to say they took it as gospel but they really took it on board and they they weren't ready for those kinds of cognitive rattles to their cage um so i'm i'm not as optimistic as some of my friends and colleagues or some of the other people in the twitterverse about just immediately taking that whole can of worms and throwing it on the table for everybody yeah. not that I have a can of worms, you know and that's the other thing too is, is just is a lot of people have seen things and drawn conclusions and have ideas that that seem they seem sound
0: mm-hmm.
1: and those ideas are are not going to be easily accepted in the mainstream I don't think
0: no. Yeah. It's this whole topic's kind of, you know, it's, it's making its way, I think. To the, yeah. It's, it's, but yeah. you know, we'll see what happens, but to the whole point of what you were saying that you're not just ready to say, Oh, it's for sure aliens. And even though you're, you right. saw what was going on. Um, and I think that speaks to just being an open-minded, thoughtful, introspective person. Cause in one sense, I could see somebody taking that and be like, for sure that, you know, this is confirmation. This is what I've been looking for. And then on the other hand, I could see people being like, Oh, you know, skeptical about it and brush it off for me. When I look at, when I'm trying to have a conversation with somebody, like what's, what's the medium, like what's the, the, the the common, Mm. you know, what's the connection here. And for you, I think it's for like, listening to you talk and tweet. And you know, when I got, when I asked you to come on, it was this idea that, you know, things are going to be, you know, we're going to be wrong. We're going to be wrong 10 years yeah. from now, hundred years from now. Yeah. Uh, so why put all your eggs in one basket? You know, like that's, I've changed. I used yeah. to be all in on stuff and then I'm like, well, why am I doing this? Cause I'm going to die on this hill at some point when they discover mm-hmm. that this is wrong or incorrect or something completely different that had nothing to do with anything, you know? So, mm. but that's what I liked about what you were saying.
1: Yeah. I think the word you use medium is, is an incredibly important word. Um, and that's actually one of the spots where I, where I do start with folks when they're like, well, what do you, what do you see as the connection? What, what do you think ties this all together? And, um, for me, it's a shared medium and that medium seems to be something that we access when we're sleeping and some people seem to access under the influence of uh, psychedelics, some people seem to access
0: in those. other
1: altered state, cha ching. there's your Patreons. Um, <laughs> um some people through through uh what's just called say yogic exercises and we'll just let, let that cover all of the um the post shamanic um breath work or or you know, um hothouses, et cetera. Um mm-hmm. For ease of conversation, but there's a medium there, and that medium, amongst other folks, is a shared medium, um, and that might—I think—that's a good place to start because the idea of a shared dream, or or something like that, or something a little weird, a, a little bit of lost time that's maybe not scary, or grandma's funny story about that time they were camping, and mm-hmm. every we all have something that ties into what what for lack of a better word let's call the paranormal or, sure. or the, you know the old, ultra normal right um um but i think that to we got to remove the stigma we we have to start sharing those things i think talking to our to our elders is, is the best place to start um find out what they've seen i mean they've experienced they experienced a heck of a lot more um well not as we get into the future some of them never saw the sky because of smog but, right um but I, my parents were uh, were a little bit older. My father was in World War II and stuff. So um, I think everybody has older parents. But we have to, we have to. I think if we start there, we can start pulling these things back out into society because our our current um, our current religious cultural norm, for lack of a better word, um, is is judio Judeo-Christ, judio Christian or Abrahamic, and and that's kind of that while I don't agree that w- this is a, a Christian nation by any stretch of the imagination, um, it's definitely culturally Abrahamic. Um, mm-hmm. And so a lot of a lot of the the a lot of the fear of some of these things will come straight out of the way people were raised. Um, i would I would say that probably most of us, i'm, I'm comfortable saying most of us were probably discouraged. From seeing anything strange as children or discussing anything strange as children. And, and the work of people like Dr. Bruce Lipton or, or um, Joe Dispenza, um, amongst many others, has, has just really shown that the brain waves of children under seven went in theta, um, which, you know, if a lot of, if I'm sure a lot of your audience is probably familiar with different brain states of, you know, alpha or, you know, beta when we're, when we're anxious, alpha. When we're more calm and meditative, um, gamma is a little bit higher up. We're you know we're still learning about gamma, and then you know delta is sleep. Theta is kind of all over the map with them, but theta being in between delta and alpha, as you know, is kind of a learning zone where um, where the subconscious and the and the conscious kind of drift in and out of each other, and there's a there's an interesting exchange that goes on. The more that you study that that spot there. And a lot of people will, I, I think, probably hear, might hear the needle ripping right now and going, yeah, but what the hell does that have to do with UFOs and, uh, or things like that? And I think that that's the linchpin that links what we commonly call the paranormal with then this other subject that people like to yank out of it called ufology. And um, I'm not a ufologist. Um, I don't mean to be catty, but there is no, there is no ufology program at any university that I'm aware of. Um, and I I don't think that there needs to be necessarily. That's like saying carology. Maybe there is a carology, mm-hmm. um, but when I think of UFOs, I I I think of vehicles. And um, the vehicles are one thing, the occupants are another. And I haven't seen an occupant yet, but I've seen a few vehicles. Yeah. Hmm.
0: Like um, yeah. What about like uh, Van Neumann probes or something along? You know, those lines, you know, I
1: think the idea I, I I've said before that based on the way that the Tic Tac maneuvers and operates that if that's an if that is a self replicating um, von Neumann probe, we're in for it. <laughs> somebody already took over everything. So, yeah, <laughs> well, well, that's the,
0: the diff- there's different theories, right? One theory would be that it's our own government and secret technology and other that was my first thought the
1: day the day i saw that video when i walked up on deck later and and drank half a pot of coffee and smoked way too many cigarettes Mm. i was like my my dreams of of first contact and all that other stuff were dashed on the rocks i was positive it was it was darpa because Mm. nobody on board the ship cared Mm. and at the time i thought that if i was ever in I, i really believed that we just were involved in something this was one of those watershed ufo moments this this beats the hell out of you know some stories we've we've got it that's on video right right? i assumed that was going to be you know cnn when i got home and and no it got buried and and from other people's reports it got the data got taken away by some other entity Hmm. um i was a chief law enforcement on board officer on board that does not mean i mean Look, if someone was going to come on to take the tapes, they weren't going to go tell the tell the sheriff. Oh, you you yeah. So it, I wouldn't have been told.
0: Okay.
1: I had I had no need to know. That was that was far above my level. It had nothing to do with law enforcement or anti-terrorism. So they wouldn't have consulted me. Um, but that that shared medium, I think, of in consciousness that that zone has something to do with all of these subjects.
0: Hmm. Do you think that it's some something specifically there, um, you know, geographically, like something about that area specifically, you're actually kind of near the ring of fire, you know, the volcanic, uh, zones over that way, but, um, you know, yeah. traveling up and down the coast, but I mean, uh, do you have any theories with that? Or do you think it's just has more to do with, uh, maybe the, 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 carrier, you know, or some sort of, you know, atomic energy or something along those lines?
1: Well, having, having gone back out there with Lou to Guadalupe Island and right. spoken to the fishermen there and spoken to, um, to, uh, the, uh, the other professionals out there, the oceanographer, et cetera. Um, the shark expert, I can't remember his name off the top of my head right now, but, uh, I'm convinced that there's a lot of them still in that area. So. The idea of it being interested in in Nimitz is always on the table for me because of Nimitz's reactor and because of the history right. with uh, the phenomenon in general, with our reactors and with our nuclear arsenals. Um, we we've we've shown beyond the shadow of a doubt that whatever this phenomenon is, when it when it's real and present, it, it's very interested in our arsenals and our nukes. So there's that's an let me let me steer off for a second yeah. and say that that's that's something that. Uh, the scientific community needs to start setting the baseline. My, my A couple of my friends and I that chat used to talk about building a house of cards every time we got together, mm. because the foundation for this is shaky. To try to come up with a with a theory of everything for the paranormal is um, is daunting, you sure. know, because it, it, it really encompasses humanity. It, it really is, as, as Lou has said a few times, what it means to be human. That's the answer to this whole thing. It's not what's that parked over there, or who's driving it. It's what does what does it mean to be human, and that's something we all have to get um, we all have to decide together. But it would be amazing if someone with the gra- with gravitas in the scientific arena would would get down off of their fearful soapbox and say, "Look, the following things, the following benchmarks have been achieved. I've reviewed the data, and I can say that something's here." Something's interested in our nukes. Something has done X, Y, and Z based on these reports. And I actually think that we're going to probably end up seeing that sometime soon. Um, there's I can't, um, I don't want to say it like I'm aware of a few different projects uh, with AI that are feeding data into the into the AI. Okay. And um and I expect based on what I've seen in a couple of other arenas that they've pulled out already. I expect us to see some answers based on on how the AI sees the data. Hmm. Okay. Uh, um, and I, I think that is going to help change um, change minds in in the scientific arena. But honest to God, science has to stop telling jokes about this. And uh-huh. and the the Pentagon. Th- this these last couple of weeks, I I'm not making predictions. I've just never seen anything like it. Uh-huh. And, and this is very different. It was, it was really weird and a little depressing to live through the last couple of years. And, and to be honest with you, uh, most of the people I know were either incredibly disinterested because they were really scared of the topic and they encountered that cognitive dissonance or a lot of folks hadn't heard it. Um, if they weren't already, already somebody who watched the History Channel and was interested in things like that, um, it took a really long time to trickle through. Um, I still have friends and family members that I don't think even have a clue that my life is a little different now. Hmm. Um, so, um, we have a lot of building to do together.
0: Yeah. I, I think that, um, well, actually one of our listeners was just brought up a good point. Like, what about the, what, what we were seeing or what you saw or what was on the radar, being some sort of, you know, non-physical or maybe something coming in and out of physicality, like somebody, you know, uh, remote viewing, something along those lines. Or maybe that's going on yep. from somewhere else completely Here, something along those lines.
1: I think that that's a really good point. Um, as far as what it could have been that day that we were there, um, for me, based on the radar returns, based on uh, the historicity of the shape of the aircraft and what I've seen in other reports that are similar. Um, I believe that what we encountered was a physical, uh, thing, um, in this case. But again, what we encountered off the coast of, of, uh, Mexico, California and Guadalupe Island is not necessarily the same thing that people saw in Phoenix during the Phoenix lights. It doesn't mean that it's necessarily the same thing that I've witnessed at other times in my life that other people have seen in other major sightings um and that's the important thing too is is not is not all sightings are the same mm-hmm. not all unidentified aerial phenomenon should be classified as flying objects also and it's a very they're very proprietorial words people people get really almost as wrapped up in UAP versus UFO as they do with with their political affiliation or you know so we're very very polarized today where it seems like on every issue you can't be open-minded you have to jump on one fence or the other and and beat it down with the rest of (laughs) my
0: stance my stance on that is if you're going to say ufo but you have something credible to say it does far more good than trying to convert to uap in my opinion i'm not saying i still use uap once in a while well it depends but it's just one of those things you know I, i try and be diplomatic but whatever you know
1: I think you're, you're exposing, again, another nuance of this where consider the audience. What's, what's the reason that you're having the conversation? Because UFO and UAP could be really specific and important to the conversation and their distinction, or they could absolutely have no meaning and just muddy the waters. Um, so I'm, I'm with you. It's, um, it's not a science yet. It's, it's the confluence of all of our science into an area that nobody wants to admit that we're studying. Hmm. So,
0: (laughs) well, here, here's the thing. I know that these, look, these three videos, I mean, Maurice, you know, he didn't believe in any of this stuff really until he saw those three videos. We put a, a short top five top, you know, UFO sightings of all time on one of these other pages we had going that we've completely abandoned at this point, but, um, you know, he's he put the thing together, he's like, This is some real shit, you know, like Yeah, it really yeah. percolated my interest, <laughs> if you will.
1: Um, the experience of having that, that be validated like that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um I, I within the span well, the day a buddy of mine sent me the New York Times article, um, he's like, Hey man, that thing that you described to me is on the New York Times mm-hmm. and the video you described and um I got got in touch with a few other people and it was pretty incredible that suddenly there it was. And, yeah, uh, and, and, it, and it was, it was real. Um, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I sent a, I sent an email to, uh, to, to the stars. I had, and I had seen, um, I'd seen a video with Tom talking, opening it up and I know Lou was in it and Chris Mellon and a couple of other people, but I hadn't recalled that I had to go back and watch it again at the time. But, mm-hmm. um, I sent him an email and basically just identified myself, said who I was, where I was, what I saw and said, if they wanted to get in touch, here's my, my stuff. And nine months later, um, the phone rang and it was Lou Mm -hmm. and, uh, we chatted for a bit. And then before you knew it, uh, history channel was at the house and, um, they filmed, uh, the, the spot that's inside. And then the next day, Lou, um, actually it was later that evening, um, met up with Lou down at the pier and we talked and we met and, um, at the end of the evening, we got the mics off. And um, as soon as I was sure we weren't recording, I I shared some details that I'm comfortable sharing them now. But at the time, I didn't really know how to react to them. But um, when I returned a week later, uh, a friend of mine whose uh, spouse was on the Nimitz um, said that the, you know, he, he grabbed me and pulled me aside and said, you know, were you there? Did anything weird happen? I was like, yeah, what do you know? Mm-hmm. And he, he said, uh, well, my wife said that... you guys were tracking some really weird stuff in the sky and stuff. And when the pilots got back, they sequestered the pilots and that the MAs had to guard them and stuff. And I don't know how, how deep or what the validity of that was, but, um, they said that they wouldn't let them go anywhere until some guys in plain clothes flew out to the ship. Mm. And, um, that's really interesting to me because, and just like with Gary talking about somebody doing the same on our ship, um, that's that's different yeah that's that's not the kind of stuff that any of us would make up and i mean i, I knew gary i knew jason i knew kevin um when you're on a ship that small you all know each other mm-hmm. uh and i i absolutely believe gary and jason and kevin there, there's never been a question of that um and and i guess that's the point that i'm making is there's no reason for that detail mm-hmm. um Nobody needs to mix in any kind of clandestine men in black kind of nonsense into something that's already really awesome and, 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 uh, credible.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, obviously you would expect that kind of a reaction though. I mean, if, if that really, um, you know, it had that big of an impact on everybody that you would expect somebody to come in and at least kind of see what's going on. But yeah, I mean, um, who knows? Did, did, was there any word on who they actually were? It was just nobody, No. know?
1: I've I've uh I've never gotten anything back official. Hmm. Um I don't want to speculate on that. Um
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, I, I wouldn't want
0: to no, yeah of course I wouldn't want to
1: lend through opinion any validity not, to any
0: editorial nonsense Yeah I mean with our podcast I'm just trying to it's always about what's the truth or truth to you I don't want to hear you know yeah, get the cards sure, on the yeah, table and let people yeah. decide for we themselves We speculate enough yeah. on our own on our own yeah. terms on this show we don't need Well like, you have to a little bit you got to inject your own and well, opinion and you know, stuff But I think that that's also what we're why we're talking about this too I think speculation you can get kind of down the river pretty quickly and before you know it you know (laughs) where did you even jump in you're sunk yeah so (laughs) um but yeah i mean it's one of those things like i like talking about these things i like the speculation i like all the constant articles and takes and everything on ufo twitter and all the social media but at the same time i think you know, we could be looking at this in more of an objective way, which again is like, what's the epistemology or what's the epistemological view on this? And then what's the ontological, you know, how does that affect our being? And then what's the teleological, which, which is the perp- what is the purpose of all this? So that's the way I like know, to think about it.
1: Yeah. The, the roadblocks that stand in between us and that simple idea to me are profound because they involve the human ego they do because the the amount of people that are going to have to say i had this completely wrong and all of my last 10 years of quippy quotes and tweets they were out of line Mm. and you know that we're not first of all there's a lot of there's a lot of people who have been who have been hurt via let's let's call let's call that soft disinformation because that's really what it is Um, When you have somebody that's in the mainstream and that has a microphone and they're calling bullshit on something that's actually happening to other people because it either makes them uncomfortable or it sells their candy bars, you know, that's no different than the disinfo agent that may or may not be being sent out by the entity trying to keep things secret to me. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, you know, if if we start looking at things on spectrums instead of as pinpoints, you know, we'll, we'll start to understand these things better the more we generalize and, um, right now we've we've got to break through we (laughs) i'm sorry it it gets a little exasperating at times um but we 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 we're facing people's bread and butter you know we're facing people who have made a living on on being what they may call rational or other things and I, i mean i don't i don't really want to throw mick another bone but but how long is he going to try to keep going back to this lemon for some juice?
0: I mean, he's not going to, he's not going to stop. No. And I, Here's the thing. I've listened to him where he's, he's kind of open. And then I've heard other times where it's like, oh man, I can't even listen to this. So I think it's just maybe his mood for the day or, but again, we're at people that take that. and Well, okay. So that was posted that video mixed video on a forum I'm on, on, facebook and there's this huge debate it's kind of it hasn't it's it's actually not a ufo forum it's like a consciousness based forum and people were going back and oh it's this and this i was just pointing out that mick is subject to the same confirmation and cognitive bias as every other human being and why should his point of view be any greater than pilots that saw something that are at a held in high esteem you know so i guess that's my whole take on it is who are you that you're so much that you're that much more important that your opinion means that much more than somebody that experienced something?
1: Well, and I think that people that act like that um and that that are that that are just contrarian at the core that at no time are they going to to them skeptical means you must prove it to me. Mm-hmm. That's all that it means. And um I just I don't have time for them. I mean that's 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 the last of the scraps that I personally he, throw, yeah, throw to the dog. He's getting what he wants. You know? so we're
0: talking about him. I don't really give a shit though. But
1: well, and and how uh, we're talking about. See again, I I want to be I want to be mindful. Let's and, keep
0: Michael Shermer in the picture though too, because he's just he's well, just as bad. <laughs> all of the people that I formerly idolized, I just want to. Yeah. I want to <laughs> pour their <laughs> drinks out, you know, and <laughs> them in the face. Yeah. yeah,
1: Bill Bill not I mean. A lot of these guys, unfortunately, now it's like
0: y'all
1: are just entertainers now, you know, and I don't want to I don't want to throw rocks, but show me that you can flex show yeah. me that you can learn show me that you can that you can see the data it's disgusting what the, what was what was done at sri what's been done at u of m what's being done in ann arbor right now with psychedelics all of these things yeah they're, they're not nonsense these are life-changing things that unfortunately make people scared and affect their pocketbook so i mean what about
0: that well, let's let's change gears to that sure um is ttsa do you think that they're thinking about looking in because Here's my argument people are having contact with DMT entities some call them aliens some call them metaphysical beings Some people think that they're just a part of your subconscious a part of you Different thoughts on it, but there's this overwhelming sense that you're in this world. That's more real than real Similar to near-death experiences and out-of-body and experiences and that you're coming in contact with these entities so my question would be if this is known then how come that's not really being taken seriously at this point?
1: Well, as far as to the Stars Academy goes, I'm not a I'm not a spokesperson for them. I'm not an employee, but um, I can tell you that having having been around some of the folks, having spoken to them, and having um, been involved in a couple of presentations um, and investigations, that we're talking about a highly educated group of individuals. Um, they're that are not afraid of any subject that are not afraid to learn about anything or to educate themselves in a way that's going to advance this because they're, they're absolutely dedicated to understanding this greater problem. Sure. Um, but I also think that what, uh, as, as evidenced by their, uh, their mission statements and the the fact that they're a rugby company i don't think that that subject is something that's going to uh interface with to the stars academy um at the moment i think that they're far more focused on the uh on moving this uh the subject out into the daylight and expand expanding on some of the uh some of the more nuts and bolts aspects, but again, I'm not a spokesperson for them and, and I'm not as involved with some of the other aspects. I know that there's, that they're very interested in education.
0: Okay. Well, let me reframe, um, let me rephrase that then. Cause that, that wasn't really fair to, I mean, I I, sure. I was just curious if you maybe heard that. something, but my question then would be, what do you think about that then? Because obviously you've experienced, you've seen things, you've been around this whole scenario now. Does is that, subject excite you because there are studies I mean I don't know if you're familiar with Dr. Andrew Gallimore's work and there's other people looking into it now which like extended stay DMT trip to try and communicate with these entities so I was just curious if you thought that that's something viable or something we should be getting into
1: I'm I'm very interested in it and um at the risk of giving away too much, before Lou came along, I I was on um, I was planning out a career path to be one of the first uh, psilocybin therapists in California. Oh. Now I never even set I never even set foot on that path because he literally
0: it's my favorite. Uh, showed
1: <laughs> he literally showed up within a few weeks, and um, but I think that uh, this is another place where I think that there's a confluence, mm-hmm. the confluence of post-traumatic stress anxiety um, and the, um, the rehabilitative effects of certain psychedelics, um, I think is something that is going to, is going to really interface with this subject because a lot of the people who have been involved with this subject and that have had real life encounters with this are suffering from a kind of post-traumatic stress from that event. Mm. And so again, it's another confluence of where we can use it in society, but I know that you're talking about the aspects so let's let me stop avoiding
0: mm-hmm. it <laughs> i'm not asking you to tell me what you think they are i'm just like what you know like does that excite you in, in terms of there could be communication going on now no maybe people just don't know
1: absolutely um i i'm absolutely open to those ideas i think that if we look back at our esoteric traditions and it really doesn't matter where you look um right the the sh- from the shamanistic traditions, which you know, I, I hate to say, it, are all the rage with a lot of us in the West. We like the idea of shamanism. We, we're yearning for a return to our, to, we're yearning for some roots mm-hmm. that 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 I think that aren't um, completely. And I'll, and again, I, as an American, I'll speak for a lot of us here in America. I think a lot of us are searching for natural roots and something environmental that isn't completely tied to our identity as Americans. Right. Um, and I think that was something that that was missing from, from us as a society or as a community. Um, so it's
0: getting lost in the technical age, you know, with all the computers and stuff. It's like, I think going back to the psychedelics, I think that's the, that's like where the battle lies right now is either going fully with the material and computer age or going back and doing these substances.
1: Well, and culturally there's. It's it's so dang muddy because let let's look at the states that have legalized cannabis and and we can see the the harm reduction that has occurred um, in in opiate mm-hmm. abuse and things like that. Not all the data is back. You know, I'm I'm one of those people who who says, hey, THC is one thing. All the all the other compounds are another. We have a lot to learn. You know, we have mm-hmm. to be ready to pivot on that subject again too. Um, I mean, we've had I,
0: you know like. We, I, he lives, Maurice lives in Michigan. I live in Illinois for the, the THC thing, but on terms of the psilocybin and stuff, I mean, I'm, I've talked about it many times. I have OCD, severe OCD and macro doses of psilocybin with cognitive behavioral therapies was perfect. It's, it's literally changed my life compared to,
1: did you say macro? Yeah, macro. <laughs> you heard that correct? Yeah, not folks. micro. I'm not a micro doser. I, I
0: <laughs> you know, I, I've heard it works for some people. Never worked for me, and I'm not somebody that that you know. Tell
1: Terrence and Ingo hello for me. Yeah. Um.
0: Well, Ingo, <laughs> um, we can get into that. That's a whole other can of worms.
1: Any, I'm I'm willing to to go anywhere you want where you guys are easy to talk to. Um, I I do I think there's a connection assuredly. Um, because I think. All right. It, it would seem apparent based on a confluence of witness reports that there's some aspect of mental control mm. that seems to be utilized. Um, there's, um, there's plenty of efficacy in, in, in uh, electromagnetism studies and, and brainwave studies to indicate that we can, in that Altered states of consciousness can be induced electromagnetically. Mm. Um, a Scalar spectrum, that thing can probably be induced at a distance, I would imagine. Mm. Um, I, I'd be happy to be proven wrong by anybody who's an engineer. But we're talking about the same medium that we utilize when we dream. We're talking about the same medium that we utilize when we're hypnotized. The same medium that we utilize when we're in, uh, in deep levels of trance for therapy or for uh, more esoteric things. So taking a large dose of a molecule that seems to be the precursor for those experiences in a regular nighttime setting, Mm -hmm. um, coupled with the incredible amount of witness testimony, regression therapy, et cetera, on, um, on nighttime events or, or nocturnal abductions for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. this needs to be looked at. But I think again, when we say to ourselves, well, why aren't they? Cause this scares the shit out of people. Oh who, yeah. It's who, scary. Nobody, nobody wants a bite of this elephant. Um,
0: well you take it even when you take, you're about to take every time I take a psychedelic and I don't take them that often now that my older age, but when I do, it's like, why am I doing this again? And then you do it and then you're like, Oh, you know, and you're glad you did it, but it's this like emotional journey every single time. Um, And uh, yeah, sometimes it's refreshing to come down depending on the situation, but um, it's scary. I think that, I think that's the interesting thing about psychedelics and the phenomenon because you want to know, but at the same time, there's an element that's kind of creepy or uncertain or, I don't know what it is you do you get the correlation I'm trying to make there
1: I absolutely do because um I spend a lot of time outside alone at night because I I meditate a lot Mm -hmm. um and I'm one of those folks that unfortunately wakes up at the same time every morning and just I I learned a long time ago to just stop complaining about a lot of things and just move Mm -hmm. and um so if I wake up in the middle of the night I just grab my robe and walk out, go outside to my cushion and, and do my thing. And it's never done me wrong. But um, that can get scary. Sometimes you're alone at three o'clock in the morning, and there's not a sound in the world. And you're in a, an altered state of consciousness because you're in you're in a deep trance due to meditation. And if you're not, um, if you're not fully practiced in maintaining a, uh, a sense of samadhi or something like that, or if you're in what I like to call a free form or imaginative realm of meditation um where we take ourselves can be can be uh congruous to psychedelics
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and what we witness in the moments after we open our eyes or in or in the in minutes sometimes can be congruous to psychedelics um i have uh i'm not i don't go too deep into it i'm i'm firmly a believer that you shouldn't haphazardly go out and try to practice ce5 Because to me, um, that's haphazardly exposing your psyche to things that you probably, if if you're just like, wow, that's a cool thing, I'm going to go try it this weekend, I'm not for that.
0: Okay.
1: Um, Because I think that not everybody's in the right frame of mind to to meditate themselves into a state of euphoria where they're open to change their ideas about things. Mm -hmm. I think that that requires um, a little bit of preparation. Um, I think it's almost manipulative to take people and expose them to that when they're needy, if that makes sense as well.
0: So just to point out, so he's talking about CE five or close encounters of the fifth kind, which we talked about actually on our last episode with Matt Tiller, we did a review of Stephen Greer's CE five, as far as documentary goes, I thought it was a great documentary. Love the Jeremy Piven voice in the background. Uh, everything seemed to, uh, you know, uh, go well that, but I, I like how they went the consciousness route, but I don't understand bringing in the TTSA narrative of possible evil forces at play or something like that, because that's what that's what we've got going on right now in Ufology. We Every have, story needs a bad guy. We have, we have good versus evil, and TTSA is saying that there might be some evil or malevolent, you know, elements to this. You know, I'd love
1: to field that. Okay, um, and I'm not fielding it for TTSA. I'm fielding it for, for myself. I'm um, it. That's garbage, um, and I'll and I'll say it just like that. And I mean I mean it with all respect to Dr. Greer and and all of his amazing work. But what I see here is someone who is protecting their brand. Um, and I, I said something recently in an article of mine. I said, uh. If you're someone that believes in the statement, as above, so below, and you think that there are no bad guys above, then you need to check your math. Right. Because it's literally the opposite of what you believe in. Um, I can look down the spectrum of assumed intelligence down to the microbial level. I have no control over anything below me. Mm -hmm. I can barely get my dog to respond to commands. And that's, uh, you know, that's an animal that I love. With all of my heart, I don't. I don't try to dominate that animal, and I'm not one of those wishy-washy people who thinks I'm. I'm. Um, I, I'm not holding my corgi prisoner. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I give her a high quality of life and a great deal of love. Um, so, anyway, when I look above, in in philosophically in the universe, I have to imagine that it's probably not that different above. It's just exponentially more complicated or exponentially more subtle.
0: Or or nothing at all that we would because we're thinking about it from our perspective, which we would have no idea right. if something evolved on a different you know galaxy or
1: absolutely absolutely um i I find it interesting the um when when people when people ask me what do you think it is um it it tickles me to say everything um because we're starting to open up to you know what's beyond our little light cone and 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 where our flashlight shines and most of us think that this is this is existence that what we have around us the you know um the horizon surrounding us that's the edge of existence and a lot of us don't have even a sight picture of the idea that we're at the bottom of this well Mm -hmm. at the bottom of the well of everything literally you know I, i like to say when people say uh most people, I'm a smart ass that breaks in well, most people are Chinese is what I usually say. so let's begin there. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's a joke, but most things aren't here right. you know and we keep claiming that we have dominion over all these things and, and understanding um, the, the, the pan discipline needs to be developed for for the greater phenomenon. Um, the lines have to start being drawn in a place that we can all go back to as a central repository. Um, I don't know if TTA is going to TTSa is going to be that, that entity. If they're going to be another, uh, you know, part of the part of the group that makes, what eventually becomes that, I right. don't know. But we definitely need a centralized place for humanity to go to say what's real and what's not.
0: I brought this up with Matt Tiller, which was because this was the day before all this news broke. And I made the point that to constantly have this in the news and constantly push this along we're a free market society. Why aren't, why is this not applied to that? Why aren't there a hundred TTSAs competing. He, competition is literally what drives humans to greatness. Like we want to outdo one another. And some people, if they're, you know, they're a little bit wise, they do it for themselves, but, um, I don't know if that's something that you think is crazy or you think that could get kind of muddy or what's your take on that? If there was a bunch of entities competing to, to prove or disprove or whatever the case may be.
1: I, I frankly, I'd like to see it. Um, on the one hand, I'm, uh, um, on the one hand, there, I think there's a cash grab going on right now. Um, y- <sighs> I'm not selling coffee cups or hats or anything like that. I'm not, this isn't my bread and butter. I'm, I'm a retired military person. I have a pension and I intend to maintain my integrity. I make my money in my business and, and, and off on the side, these, these things, um, that fall under the cult of personality. I have zero interest in, um, and I'm frankly, you know, uh, I'm getting a little sick of, the the pulsing that's going out into the real data of the people who are branded, who are interested in maintaining their brands, th- their branded philosophies, and, and things like that. And So when I see people calling things a threat narrative, when I see people tearing down um, dedicated professionals who have literally also dedicated not just dedicated their life to an idea, but in the course of doing so, literally put their life on the line over and over again. Mm -hmm. Um, I get pissed off just like Lou did Um, and and like he does about people who are this uh, disingenuous. But there is someone entering our homes every night, metaphorically, sneaking around, going through our drawers, nibbling our cookies, taking pictures of our stuff, experimenting on us and our animals and you know they have full control it seems over our most uh destructive weapons it would seem like to an extent they can touch our psyches and that's really scary Mm -hmm. and i don't think it's cool and i don't care if you meditate yourself into ecstasy and you love all of our space brothers i spent 20 years in the military because I cared about the people that were home. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a soapbox guy, you know? Um, I, I've, I'm not a, a horn tutor. My patriotism is evident by the life I led. I don't need to wear a flag or a hat. This is Navy constantly. That's That's me. I'm not talking about anybody else. But uh, people who didn't serve, that want to say that everybody's a nice guy, you haven't taken the punches. You haven't taken fire. You haven't been there. You haven't been willing to do it. Uh Um, I'm not talking about anybody specifically, but stop acting like you know what's best for everyone because I've seen it before. I've seen it in every religion that came before. I've seen it in every other dominating philosophy that came before. Stop asking for my money and telling me that you know better. I'm I'm done with it in any shape or form. Yeah.
0: Well, that's why I tell everybody, you know, be be careful. Anybody that says they have all the answers, that person's full of shit. Because as I mentioned before, I mean, all anybody has to do is literally read Thomas Kuhn Uh, you know the structure of scientific revolutions and then you will understand that since the beginning of time even the idea of gravity like Newton's gravity is different than our modern you know idea of gravity which was going to be outdated at some point and we're gonna know what's really you know so it's just this whole we're just pushing you know the boulder up the hill for the next person to kind of take over and keep pushing that boulder Um, and uh, I just find it interesting that Again, people want to jump to sometimes some of the furthest conclusions you can jump to before looking at like the building blocks of what's actually already there.
1: I don't I don't mind conclusions that are that are far afield as long as you can you can at least, you know
0: Oh, speculate all day. It's fun. String
1: some logic. Yeah. Yeah, 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 <laughs> string yeah. some logic together. But um, when people are like, Hey, do you think the tic tacs were following whales? Why? Because of Star Trek? <laughs> like I, have, yeah, I, have, I, have, I have, I don't have a line to draw. Why do we think, well, we think, well, I heard that whales are smart. Well,
0: okay. I, I, mean, I see I from just, like a sonic way or like, you know, like sound waves somehow, you know, consciousness, you know, because if you think about, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I don't know, because there's weird things too. I mean, we don't know a lot. I brought it up on the Dr. Strassman episode when we interviewed him. There was a study where the pineal gland has crystals uh, hexagonal, cubic, all these little micro crystals.
1: I listened to that whole show. Okay, it was so, so, I love, so I love Dr. Strachan. It
0: could act as some sort of receiver. I mean, we are mm-hmm. taking in energy and then interpreting that energy. So I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just pointing out. I think that that's yeah. what that person was getting at. That's
1: all. Oh, I'm with you too. Oh, and I've I've heard it from. I, oh, and I'm not I'm not talking about a specific person. So I hope I got your point. Don't always be unsalty. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not totally against it. I just always wonder what's well, why? How right.
0: Come? You know. Yeah, yeah. I think. I think though what's going on is there's a lot of people trying to do personal research, or at least there's some, and it's hard. I mean, if you're not the military or somebody that has tons of loot or tons of, uh, you know, um, you know, aircraft carriers and equipment yeah. and radars and all sorts of stuff. It's going to be hard <laughs> don't to study. You do Yeah, exactly. Um, Soon. But, uh, yeah, that's, that was my whole point behind trying to get more people involved in different ways. I mean, maybe just having more eyes in the sky, more people buying telescopes, and more people um, you know, looking for yeah. weird anomalies in the sky.
1: I do know that TTSA has plans for uh, a couple of apps uh, that I think are going to be pretty impressive to people who are interested in being a part of the solution.
0: Okay. Nice. Well, that sounds yeah. good, um, but yeah. So, this this difference in philosophy. So, it sounds like your problem with Stephen Greer um, is okay, that no, you're the
1: one that says I have a problem with Stephen. No, Greer. Okay, okay, you don't
0: <laughs> you don't have a problem with Stephen Greer. Okay, let's keep this right. Okay, <laughs> but it, your the point that you made was specifically on behalf of the narrative that they are inherently good and we have this evil nature within us. I would, I would think that's his, one of his main themes, you know, that we have yet to stop the war and the nuclear weapons and the energy, you know, consumption and all this and that. And then also um, the idea that, you know, that they're not evil at all or potentially evil or something, you know, that narrative. So it sounds like besides that though, would you say that, you're you're fine with what he's doing and that those are your only kind of areas of uh you know
1: i haven't i have to be honest i haven't put a great deal of um of eyes on on dr greer's work um in the last few years i've um i've watched the documentary i've seen what he's doing but um i i don't have a problem with anything dr greer does um I think, like I said, I, 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 t- well, let me tell you this. I tuned into the disclosure project on a, on a dial up modem. Hmm. Um, when, when that went down for Congress and everything, I remember that meant a lot, a lot to me. So I want to, I want to put that out there that I'm,
0: he was I'm, the first guy doing up, that, right? He was the first guy saying, oh, look at these documents and look, you know, I uncovered this and that. And
1: I'm standing on the shoulder of a giant right now, flicking them on top of the head. So I <laughs> want, I want to be the first person to say that I know that I'm, that's what I'm doing right now but um if we want to get more people interested this can't be anybody's show this has to be humanity's show mm-hmm. and if 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 we're not opening the door to everyone if we say only my way i'm, I'm not going to talk to you right um if we're if we're trying to put it through the le- it's i don't want to say cultish behavior but we've i we've all I'll quote myself, which is a nasty thing to do, but we've seen a lot of researchers drink from the fame fountain.
0: We're and, all guilty of that. that who, we're all guilty, right? I mean, yeah, I'm, absolutely, I'm a fish, I'm a fish head fish had me. I was following fish all over the country. They're a band for anybody that doesn't know. Love yeah, it. My ego, cost
1: me, my ego almost cost me all involvement in this thing. I misunderstood what was going on and, and I had, a I had a little spiky ego and, and I almost cost myself my ability to help, uh, run the subject to ground at least at least in a in a sense that i was going to be supported i just
0: think that we're all capable of following something that we believe in or love whether it's music or art or fiction or nonfiction or whatever the case may be i think that we have that element within ourselves uh but i guess okay so my i guess my question is then do you think that now the disagreement is i i think my at least i should rephrase my take on it is is that Stephen Greer sees TTSA coming along and kind of he's been doing Duel it for a, he's been doing it for a while He's got a specific narrative that he's been cultivating based on his own research And this is where he's at with it. And then here comes this other bigger entity that's associated with government that um, has maybe a little bit more pull and and more control over the situation so wouldn't I mean human you know, human, the, the consciousness behind that would suggest that he, maybe there's just a little bit of envy or that, you know, that's where the discontent comes from, is that aspect of it?
1: I think it would be disingenuous of me to deny any of that. Um, that's, that's obviously what I think. I, I don't want to call somebody else out or shame them for being a human being. But, um, yeah, I see I see somebody, uh, somebody mad. There's someone else swimming in their lane uh, a little bit. And I have to, I, look, I'm a nobody. Um, I'm some cat that was floating around at the right place at the right time. Everybody's somebody. Yeah. But in this case, some people have, 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 I can see standing at the top of your own pyramid of research going, why the hell am I not on the board of directors? Why aren't I on the team? Why am I not standing there? Wait a minute. What about my research? What about me? What about me? What about me? Right. And um, I'm not saying that's the case. I can just see that across the board with people who 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 probably at the height of their their careers feel that they know what's going on, and that they should be approached. I mean, I've I've had a couple of I've had a very interesting time with correspondence because I open myself up a lot. Um, but it's very interesting what I get demanded of me in my in my DMs and my emails. And um one thing that turns me off more than anything else is when someone will send me an incredibly long uh bunch of information without even a greeting and it's like they're just we're just going to dump our research <laughs> on you and did you get it did you get to it yet and yeah. I'm like man um but also uh there's a lot of folks in this community that behind the scenes will will tell you just how important they are and how much you should listen to them or else and uh, <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm hanging
0: up. Um, yeah, I think we've so. been pretty lucky. I mean, I've, everybody I've talked to. I mean, look, I'm not. I've had a couple of encounters. I'm not deep into UFO Twitter in the sense that, again, I watch every single tweet from every single person. I pay attention. I know the updates. I know what's going on. You know, you've got Silver Record and you've got all these journalists on there, and they put out good information, credible information, and you just kind of have to. Read through it all and, and paint your own picture in your, your mind of, of what you think happened. But at the end of the day, um, yeah, there are a lot of people like that I have seen. I just try not to associate with them uh, as much as possible, but they do exist. But as they do exist everywhere on social media, so.
1: I feel like I'm doing a lot of pot calling the kettle black here because no, no, uh, the, the, this
0: is an interesting conversation because this is what I want to talk to because this is about like how our minds work and this is how we're human beings and we're all fallible and we all have all these different weird quirks at different times. And I think that that's an important conversation to have um, in common. I don't
1: think the answer to this is a national UFO conference.
0: Yeah, no, I,
1: <laughs> I think the answer to this is not needing a conference that's this small with a tiny community, I, this should be an area of study. Um, and, and that's going to break people's careers and, and swim lanes and, and, and bolt rice bowls, as we used to say in the Navy. But, um, I feel for that. If someone said, Hey, six months from now, we're going to liquidate your pension because we just don't respect that. And it's no longer relevant anymore. Uh, I'm in trouble. Hmm. Um, I've got to figure out what I'm going to do. And I think that's a lot of, there's, there's a community here. I, if you go back to the very first article I ever wrote was, was about the UFO community being kind when the truth came out to the people who are wrong. Hmm. Um, that matters a lot to me because the amount of, I don't, I don't believe anything. Um, I, most things in my life revolve around stuff I've been able to prove to myself. Hmm. Now that level of proof, that's up to me. But there's not a thing in my life that that I would that I would bet on that doesn't have something backing it up in one way, shape, or form. Um, so, I, I just we ufology has to die. Ufology has to die, so something can rise up out of it that's for everyone, right. not just for a conference crew or niched researchers or people who, who are willing to, to to hit the paywall and find out the secrets from from the conference. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that ticks me off, too. It's like if you give me a... And I understand the need to, to make a living, but give me a little extra money, I'll give you more insight. GTFO, yeah. man. Yeah, I
0: don't, I, so I think, though, here's the thing. I'm on a lot of the forums, and I see what people... There's a lot of... Most of, like, the Facebook... Um, UFO pages there's credible stuff on there but then once in a you know there's obvious hoax videos and, and clearly fit like any like a little kid could tell some of these videos are fake so I don't know you know how some of these people will watch that and believe that and then they say oh the Nephilim and whatever even if you want to interpret it that way there's a more there's a better way to approach the whole Nephilim thing that I could break down if I were to believe in it I have a better right. route of of being able to transmit that
1: every every religion thinks their origin story is correct very few are willing to believe they're especially in the same geographical area they're all the same damn story with dialectical Mm -hmm. and name changes these these ideas this entire subject is is just this horrible piranha pond full of ideas that that people don't take well to this is the most challenging subject, pan pan subject that I can think of.
0: You know what it is, and I'll tell you what it is. From doing this podcast, people just don't <laughs> people just don't want to look stuff up. People do not look stuff up. They don't want to spend time on it. They don't want to take ten minutes to go look. I'm, I'm being honest. If you saw uh, my, if you uh, saw the yeah. amount of research I did for some of the episodes where people were blown away by the amount of information, I'm like that took me two days of just looking on five different websites. You know. That's the kind of stuff that does yeah, not use Using reason, though, yeah. some of these people don't have that trait. That's well, the problem. I mean, but it just it even <laughs> – I'm going to throw my wife under the bus. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll fight about something, and I'll be like, look it up. I know I'm right. Look it up. And she'll, look, she'll go, no, I'm not going to look it up. And then that's it. Yeah. So it's that, uh, it's that whole thing. That's what it is. The, the,
1: the phrase where, where, I, where I'll say to someone, uh, did you know one plus one is two? And they go, well, I don't know about that. You know, and then they move on in their psyche. I'm like, but you could find out right now.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> we could find out right now. You right. can learn that for yourself. We could move. We could build something here.
0: Technically, <laughs> you know, we, technically, you're even saying it twice. When you said one plus one, you said two. Yeah. That's what math I mean, is. What math is just yeah. <laughs> is breaking down symbolism into smaller fractions. So, yeah. um, okay, so we can, you know wrap it up here in a few minutes, but I do want to talk to you a little bit more about like this philosophy of UFOs in terms of what's your personal take on it. So you saw the thing you've you're a meditator. I meditate. I've seen weird UFOs and weird things in in meditation that I've never seen anything like that in real life. And sometimes it's two hours I'm in there. So I can imagine you being, you know, a meditator and being familiar with all these altered states and stuff. You have a little bit of a different take than like a nuts and bolts person. So What's your personal philosophy on what you saw? Um, We're not holding you to anything, obviously. I always tell my guests, you know, you you can change your mind in the future, but just at this current moment, you know, what do you believe happened?
1: Well, let's go with what the data shows um, because that's the best place to start. Um, And I think that something we can pull out of ATIP is the five observables. Um, And based on the five observables, I don't have them all memorized anymore, but um, they were... They're along the lines of uh, uh, trans-medium travel, hypersonic velocity, the ability to uh, of concealment. Um, I can't remember them off the top of my head right now, unfortunately. But if we take the five observables that, that Luis Elizondo talks about and apply them to the Tic-Tac, we see that that it fits. And not all of those observables fit with our current construct of, um, of physics. And that's pretty much agreed upon. Um I recently reread the, uh, the SCU report on uh, the Nimitz event. That's uh, the scientific coalition for UAP studies. I think I'm, I'm not affiliated with them, um, but they did a really good report on this. And, and this was something as the pilots and the radar operators and, and others within the chain of command have said, this was something unusual, not within our arsenal, not within um, a foreign arsenal. So right there, we, we ratchet up the logic of the argument and say, okay, not a offshoot of humanity that we know of. Um, Occam's razor states to me that the next step in that is it's an offshoot of humanity that we're not aware of. Mm. And that's, that is where Occam's razor goes after that to me, it goes to, it is an offshoot of life from earth of some kind that we are not aware of.
0: So like a breakaway civilization, I know that's a big theory out there.
1: Sure. Well, well, I think that's the first one we have to look at is a breakaway civilization. Now you, you get into the mud when, with that, because you've got a lot of interesting beliefs surrounding, uh, world war two and, and, um, mm-hmm. so some societies there without name and names. But, um, then we get into, uh, oh, shoot, lost my train of thought. Um,
0: you're talking about breakaway civilizations.
1: Yeah, uh, but so look at look at the major aerospace companies. You know the the amount of money that's there is, is incredible. All of them have long-term plans on getting out into space. All you know th- there are maps online of, of their of their future plans that that all of this technology is outlined. I mean, we've been reading about this technology in science fiction for for fifty years. Mm-hmm. Um, Most of these concepts are not new, but they're finally being put together based on the available observational data Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't think it's people Um, Next ladder is other people we haven't heard of the next ladder is other Indigenous life we are unaware of Um, There's a great deal of this planet. We don't survey other than with satellites our ships don't go there If, If you look where the aircraft and shipping lanes are there are gigantic swaths of ocean that we don't own, you know, Um, most certainly we don't own. Um, So, but then beyond that, everything's on the table. We're in a vast universe that we can't be the only life here, but if we are, there are other aspects of this reality that we don't seem to control or be aware of. If, if, If science was to say, via these steps, everyone can lucid dream every single night with assurance, and begin mapping out the astral realm themselves. Or 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 uh, if DMT were legalized or psilocybin were legalized and those areas of consciousness were available to people who could somehow show the the, the baseline responsibleness to, right. <laughs> to, to do that kind of thing. Um, I think we could learn a lot, but these this reality overlays itself. So at at a level beyond this gross physical matter that we're all surrounded by, there are subtle things occurring around us. We have to admit that now right. The the dirt reports that were, that were and, and the other um, research done by a and, and OSAP that we've seen really indicate that some, some things that we used to throw in the basket of bullshit are probably real. Mm. And we have to face that. I don't think anybody wants to step up to a podium and start talking about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's an interesting idea of like projecting something like if you were in a psychedelic state or a meditative state and, um, you know, how could that correlate to it? I, I think about that a lot. I also think about, again, the von Neumann probe from a different civilization checking us out or maybe, maybe that breakaway also civilization, the future. maybe that breakaway <laughs> civilization, maybe it's us and we have those and we just don't know it. Or, you know, there's so many things, but the one thing I keep going back to is that like, um, it was that Joe Rogan, Tom DeLonge interview where he said something about like the Greeks, the ancient Greeks or the, you know, the Greek, gods or mythology or whatever. And I was thinking like what did he mean by that? Cuz I know a lot about we've done we have a whole series on ancient Greece where we talk about pre-Socratics and Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, all the architecture, all the megalithic structures. And 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 just thinking about it, the only thing I could think of is maybe like Apollo, like the Apollo missions, maybe that something was found during those or something along those lines. I don't know. That's the only thing I could make of that.
1: I've kept myself um a little insulated from, from some of Tom's views only because I want to keep mine, um, my own.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I don't, I, you know, I've, I've gotten to a point now where I've, I've done enough of my own research that my worldview that I keep in the back here is mine. You know, you I, didn't don't, like I don't that, didn't like, like that. You didn't like that
0: tweet mine. earlier with the Israeli hoax citing that he tweeted. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, I didn't see that. I didn't see that one. He, t- um,
0: he tweeted out something about correlations between Ezekiel. Uh, he didn't say that he believes in this video, but somebody tweeted out a video of the four different angles from that hoaxed Israeli, above israel that ufo that drops down and then there's a bunch of oh different... the one over the temple yeah um, yeah, yeah. so that one yeah. supposedly was made by israeli film students or something they were trying to do something who knows i don't know anyways he tweeted out something about it, and everybody's like why would you tweet that or why would you retweet this and blah 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 blah, blah. so uh, again it's everybody hanging on every you know word i think sentence. in
1: general people take a lot of things too seriously um oh, yeah I've I've had a chance to speak with Tom a couple of times, highly intelligent individual, very articulate. Um, he's very, he's also very entertaining. Obviously, he's, mm-hmm. he's, you know, sure. that's, um,
0: that's his job. Right? But
1: I, I think people are misunderstanding. Um, Tom's interested in educating people, mm-hmm. I think. And, um, I know very few people who practice a religion who know its actual origins, Um, most people's understand, I hate to say most people, excuse me. Many folks don't read the instructions, um, on the things they own and the things they operate. Of course. Uh, they kind of grip it and rip it the way mom and dad showed them or the way that looks good within their society. And and like the rest of us, they're faking it and trying to stay under the radar, (laughs) trying not to get shamed or beat up or, and just make it. I mean, that's, that's part of being human right there. But, um, uh, our our traditions are broken up tribally culturally um there's our 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 history is separated by rivers and mountains and and languages and things like that but once we start pouring them through a sieve and start taking our personal beliefs out of them start looking at the linguistic roots of these things it it if you remove your personal beliefs, it's pretty obvious that in in the greater area surrounding Anatolia and 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 the general Middle Eastern area, um, those are the same folks we're all talking about. Um, if you go back in the history and see when certain things started to enter into the lexicon, not all of the gods that were that were uh, that are allegedly in charge of our religions now were even the ones that those people were. You know, were, um, yeah. we're worsening at the time. They're conglomerations of, of pagan and shamanistic traditions, Egyptian traditions and Sumerian and Anatolian and all of these things mashed into each other and then again shoved through the sieve every time these civilizations were conquered and reconquered and everything else.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, and that's, that's the closest truth we've got. Um, revealed divine things aren't going to get us all across the finish line. Um, and we're just, we're still real divided. I mean, we're just polarized at every place you can look with this. And this subject has to be open to everything. Uh, people have to be willing to, to recognize that 2300 other religions have come and gone. Um, you know, in the span of, of this iteration of written history, you talked about our, um, all of the evidence of, of previous civilizations. A lot of people know nothing about that or all they know is what they've seen on, on ancient aliens or other programs like that, that, that are sprinkled with a sense of entertainment and, and, you know, and frivolity. Um,
0: if you know what you're talking it, about with ancient aliens, there's some decent information here and there, but if you don't know what you're talking about, you could take everything. I get what you're saying. I mean, I, we've talked about yeah, we've had multiple guests that but, provide stuff for that show and they send in their videos and then they're like i that was nothing of what i But they're not saying i mean they're they're aware that that's gonna happen it's not like they know but that is what happens with the show
1: but that's still a kind of thing that people are sitting on the couch and going hey bob what do you think of that
0: Mm -hmm. right right that's
1: real you know and they're scared their opinions are usually based in what their their cultural group feels is safe so a lot of people who are uh these days who are embedded in um in uh, in christianity let's say are are interested in a rapture or interested in a a, a deliverance situation um that doesn't behoove everybody right. you know and so that can't be the focus that can't be the truth at the center of something because it's not for everyone and and that's the hubris we have to overcome as well. We are all in this together. Um, mm. no one's shown up yet and actually pointed out the chosen people <laughs> Not in recent Yeah, memory.
0: I mean, but that's the, the rapture thing or like bringing in the apocalypse and wanting UFOs to come then, or the return of Jesus. It's like, do you really want to take the chance? And, and you know, like what if, what if that, you know, here's the thing is I believe I want to believe I do believe the data and the information, I want there to be more. I'm open there to be nothing. I I'm, yeah. to to, yeah. I'm open to this meaning nothing to being nothing, but I like looking for again the purpose or the the theological point of view on these things because I find it interesting and I do think I mean, even if you look at evolution, it's 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 moving in one direction for a reason or multi directions or whatever however you want to say it, but it's doing something for some reason that we are unaware of. And I think that that's the same thing with going on with us. We are doing these things for reasons that are beyond us. And I don't think that there is some guy, you know, in a tower somewhere that has all the secrets or knows everything. I don't right. think that there is a government or a agency or whatever that has all the answers. I don't. I think that there are people that have better data or mm-hmm. m- more of those answers, but there's nobody that can sit up there and say, I've got it figured out in my opinion.
1: Yeah. I think through oh. it is personal.
0: We've said it once and we'll say it again the truth usually lies in the middle. Yeah. And that's that's to your point. Most people are binary thinkers like what you were mentioning like most people either believe it or don't believe it and even if they believe it then they go into these crazy spin-outs of theories and, and speculations and stuff like that. So I think that how can we break that binary thinking? Like how can we get more people in the gray, more thinking, you know, more like Aristotelian type thinking and and get to that center or that medium like you know we, we talked about before
1: i think it's tied up in the idea that um of moving from from thinking empathy is good enough and moving to compassion mm-hmm. um i feel like a lot of us one of our first uh epiphanies in in trying to be a better person is is realizing that we want to do good um that we want to change things for the better um, i think as we start to realize so we start to set our egos aside, we realize that progress is not something to be feared and that change is, is not something to be feared, um, that they're catalysts for growth. Mm. But at the same time, it's really easy to say to people that are backed into a corner, that don't have what they need or that are experiencing an undue amount of stress. So mm-hmm. I see myself as someone who's incredibly lucky because I've been able to kind of make my way from being a complete, non-believer of, uh, of this being a phenomenon that was worthy of study, um, all the way through my own, for lack of a better spiritual awakening. And and then how I see that interfacing with this phenomenon. And I came out the other side, um, without shaky hands and able to express myself. Mm. So, um, we're just taking our first steps on this road. A lot of us think that we've got the answers, we've got the research, it's all behind us. But humanity doesn't see it that way. We've got a, we've got a long road ahead of us to help people step up on top of the hill and see the sunset that the rest of us are watching.
0: Mm-hmm. I hundred percent agree with that. Um, one more question, and then we'll wrap it up. What was it like seeing the reenactment of what you saw? Was it episode three of season one of the unidentified? Yeah. 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 What was that like watching that?
1: That was incredible to me, especially based on the way that it went down. Um, I was sitting at my uh, um, place nearby called The Forum. It's my favorite. uh, It's the most southwesterly bar in the United States of America. Um, Shout out to my friends there. But um, I was sitting there at the bar having a pint, and the phone rang, and they needed information for that scene. And so I pulled out my notebook that was with me, and I started drawing the ship, and I drew the constellation in the sky, and I pulled down some some stuff off of my phone and emailed them to the, uh, to the producer. And I had no clue. I I had no idea. I didn't even know what the show was called, um, until a a few days before it came out. And, um, it was, it was chilling. It was incredibly chilling because it was literally as if someone had pulled that out of my brain. I mean, I actually, I was like, how the hell did they do that? That is exactly what I saw. And I don't, I know it's not a really complicated thing to describe, but the manner that they did, it was like all of the dots were seemingly in the right place. And I'm, I'm willing to say that maybe I'm overlaying something to look really awesome with a memory I had. I'm willing to say that I, you know, that I melded the two of them in, but it gave me the chills. It really, it kind of messed me up a little bit. Mm. Um, I teared up. My wife put her uh, arm around me. I was lucky enough. I was actually, we were, we watched that episode when it premiered with, uh, with Lou and his family. And, um, so, I got validation. A lot of people don't get. You know, I got to walk. I got to stand up and walk across the room and, and clink glasses and give that dude a hug and, and say thanks for bringing this validation to my life. Mm. Uh, but it was incredible. And then um, my inbox flooded with uh, with emails that were being sent to me from TTSA and the people who were finding me um, on Twitter and then finding my website, just telling me, hey. Uh, it, I've seen exactly the same thing or something incredibly similar. And it, uh, one person saw something in, in relatively the same area at the same time with their mother. And these, these people were, were, were being really vulnerable uh, for me. You know, the out strangers were approaching me with, with from to, to validate meaning in their life. And having been through that myself with Lou, I realized that that's, um, you're holding something really precious in your hands. Mm. You know, somebody else is coming to you and saying, my reality is not complete. And I believe that you have a piece of it. And um, we have to be super careful with that. Um, giving people the impression that we have that piece. And if you do have something that can help someone out, um, your obligation to to help them. Mm. Um, and so I, I think we were t- earlier, we were talking about empathy and, and compassion. And I think that Empathy allows us to see someone else's problems, and unfortunately, a lot of times, depending upon where we are in our own psych- or our own um, psychological development, seeing someone else's problems might make us say, "Well, I would never do that." Here's all the reasons that that they suck, mm-hmm. and how I can put over in this box over here. Whereas compassion says to us, "Damn, that happens to all of us." And I remember when that happened to me, or or by the grace of something else, it hasn't happened to me yet but how can I help this person through this? Absolutely. I, I, I think if we apply compassion to this um, and to each other, that, that we'll get out the other end with the right answers.
0: Absolutely. Well, that's a good way to uh, wrap it up. And, you know, that's a message we should all carry is just be open-minded. Obviously you can deduct things in your own head and reason things out the way you want, but just being kind and respectful and listening to other people and what they have to say, I think that's a good place to start with all this stuff. Um, and definitely go check out, um, Sean's website. I have the link down below. It's minty com, And, uh, you also have a YouTube channel. Everybody go subscribe to that. Is, what's the name of your, is it just Sean Cahill? Uh,
1: Sean Cahill. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go check it out. A, it's a, probably also find it under minty hyperspace.
0: Okay. Yeah. He's got everything on there. It's a great website. He's got, uh, you know, some different Very videos. Clean and, looking. Yeah. Interviews. He, and Maurice did can... mention how much he liked your website. So, Thank you. Um, And you can check us. It's really a pleasure, you guys. Oh, no. Thank you so much for coming on. We'll definitely have you back on. I think that there's a lot of stuff that we could have, you know, von Neumann probed that we didn't even get into, but, you know, maybe another time. Uh, But, yeah, so go check out his stuff. Go check us out on Patreon at patreon.com. For $2 a month, you'll get exclusive content. Um, I've uploaded some recent stuff on there for you guys to check out. And to all our current patrons, we love you. Thank you. And uh, that's it, folks. We'll be Cheers. back uh, tomorrow night, I believe, with our Super Volcano slideshow episode. So, all right, peace. Have a good one, Sean. Right, Stay safe out here. there. Right. Stay safe. All right, peace.